0: Welcome to the Cotofana Anatomy Podcast. We're actually in Season 2 and in the 5th episode. In the previous episodes, we covered different topics like facial aging, facial muscles and fat compartments. And the topic of today's episode, which is actually the last episode of this season... Is going to be a very interesting topic, which um, actually everybody speculates about, but no one really knows something about. And the topic is facial ligaments and fascias. And um, facial ligaments, honestly, if I think about this, it's like what? Ligaments in a face, right, Pete? I mean, ligaments in a face? Who has ever thought that we have ligaments in a face? Normally, when you think about ligaments, you would think about joints, right, Pete? But yeah, that was what we were just
1: talking about. I had I had asked you and felt somewhat, I guess, stupid because <laughs> no, uh, no. I was like, "Well, there's tendons too. Don't forget that." And you're like, "No."
0: That's actually true. True tendons. Tendons is actually true. So if you think about the different aspects, kind of a ligament is um, a collagenous connection between one point and the other, which is continuous comprised out of collagens, whereas this tendon is um, also the connection between two bony points or between two very stable points, but um, its first muscle and then the muscle transitions into a substantial amount of connective tissue, that connective tissue then is referred to as a tendon and that tendon then inserts into the bone. We know the best example is the calcaneal tendon, which also referred to as the Achilles tendon. So that's one of the, of of the examples that we know in the human body. And that tendon actually arises from the uh, triceps surae muscle, which is comprised of the medial and the lateral head of the gastrocnemius and of soleus muscles. All of them come together, form the calcaneal tendon, and then they insert to the posterior superior aspect of the calcaneus, which is a bone. On the foot, but in the face, we do not really have tendons, but in the face, we do have ligaments and fascias. That was a fine example of showing off your whole body anatomical <laughs> knowledge. No, no, no. I think I think the the calcaneal tendon is one of the the most crucial tendons that we have in a human body, and it's very um, prevalent to injury. And as a trauma surgeon, which I used to be in my previous life. Um, we used to deal with ruptures of the calcaneal tendon. And
1: with a rupture, just basic walking is and, and foot function is impossible, correct?
0: Yeah, that is absolutely correct. And and um, tendons are, are really tricky because what happens to tendons and also to ligaments in, is when... When you have a lot of pressure applied to that respective ligament we know this in the knee from the cruciate ligaments or even from the carcaneal tendon is when a lot of pressure is applied to the collagenous fibers what they do they undergo a process of remodeling and then they build in cartilage they start to build in fibrocartilage within that tendon but the problem is When you build in cartilage, you need to remodel that tendinous tissue. And during the process of remodeling, you weaken it. And when it's weakened, it's prone to injury. And this is, for instance, what happens during the calcaneal tendon. Continuous stress results in the built-in of other tissue, be it either scar tissue or cartilaginous tissue. And then this results in a weakening of the tendon overall, and this predisposes to rupture.
1: Is that because the cartilage starts to spread apart the fibers and in that separating makes them weaker overall?
0: Yeah, exactly. This a is a dense bundle. Yep, yeah, exactly. This is how it is. And and this, this happens in those tendons that are weight bearing and load bearing. But in a face, we don't have this one. I mean, in the face, the ligaments that um, we have in a face, the standard ligaments that we know about, like the ligaments of stylomandibular ligament, or a stylohyoid ligament, uh, there are some ligaments kind of that just are a little bit of supportive during the process of swallowing or stabilizing that the mandible is not being opened too much. Kind of these are, but they are not weight-bearing. They don't have a lot of load. As similarly, the facial ligaments, which people don't really know about much, about these facial ligaments, that they truly exist and that they actually do something. And um if, if we think about the history of the facial ligaments, they um, were discovered very early on. I mean, the first description of a ligament in a face was in 1959 by uh, Mark McGregor. And um, interestingly enough, he he was a plastic surgeon. He described it during um, during a conference. And how it was done in the past was that the busy plastic surgeons at that time they did not write their presentations themselves or the papers themselves Um, they had someone, for instance their secretary and um, during his facelift surgeries he always encountered one very strong adhesion in close proximity to the zygomatic arch and he described that and when he was invited to give that lecture at a conference his secretary was writing his abstract and She didn't know how to call it because it didn't have a name. So what she said is, it's the McGregor's patch. Actually, kind of like she didn't know how to call it, so it's kind of okay. It's the patch of my boss, of Mark McGregor. So he kind of introduced that, and that was kind of one of the first ligaments that was introduced to the scientific literature. And since then, we still know it as McGregor's patch. I mean, these days, that ligament has changed its name to zygomatic ligament. But in the past, and still many plastic surgeons still use the term of McGregor's patch, which is located at the zygomatic arch at the fusion between the maxilla and the uh, the zygomatic process. So I think that's one of the first ones that was introduced into the scientific literature. And after that, um, Furnas and, and many other excellent researchers and plastic surgeons discovered ligaments more and more and they described them more and more. And somehow in the late 90s, early 90s, mid 90s, around that time, um, there was a concept introduced that referred to ligaments as true ligaments or as false ligaments, and this classification, um, and here I have to disclose it. It's just my personal opinion is extremely confusing. What initially it was referred to a true ligament or a true, yeah, a true connection that we can find in a face was referring to a connective tissue band that spans from the bone to the skin that was referred to as a true ligament because it connects bone to the skin and there were some false ligaments like the mesoteric ligaments which by the, by actually interestingly enough they are not actually don't really exist they would just connective tissue adhesions, but um, this is another story. So the mastoid ligaments or other ligaments, they were referred to as false ligaments because they do not originate from the bone itself. They originate either from the fascia or from a muscle or from other connective tissue, but not the bone itself, and then connect to the skin. And this is why they are referred to as false ligaments. I personally think this arrangement is a little bit confusing because I always like to call the ligaments how they truly are or where they truly are so that you kind of have a reference and unfortunately here the researchers also didn't do a very good job in describing those ligaments. For instance and um, this is one example and I really like um, the audience to, uh, to bear with me and to best understand this I would like all of the audience to put your finger on the tragus that's this knobby cartilaginous thing at the middle aspect of your ear and when you from there travel along the zygomatic arch that you first touch the zygomatic arch and in this area there's a ligament that's referred to as zygomatic retaining ligament so that adhesion between a zygomatic arch and the skin is referred to as zygomatic retaining ligament. And when your finger now moves more towards the nose, more anteriorly, at some point on the underside of the zygomatic arch, you feel a small indentation. That's a suture between a zygomatic arch and the zygomatic process of the maxilla. And exactly at that location, you have the bony origin of zygomaticus major muscle. And also exactly at that Location, you have McGregor's patch, which is called today as zygomatic ligament. And then if you continue along that pathway to reach the mid exactly in the same position, kind of like one finger width inferior to the bony inferior orbital rim, there you have another ligament, which is referred to as zygomatico-cutaneous ligament. So, as you can see three ligaments in one horizontal line that carry the first name zygomatic but then they have a different middle name like zygomatic ligament or zygomatic retaining ligament or zygomatic cutaneous ligament and because it's so confusing most people don't even care to learn or read or retain this information because i get it it's too complicated right but what i think it's important about ligaments is to understand um, This is a horizontal line of ligament. In the face, we also have a vertical line of ligament, which is actually truly called the line of ligaments. And this line of ligaments starts from the temple, very close to the lateral orbital rim, and there is a true osteocutaneous connection that is referred to as temporal ligamentous adhesion. And that's the highest of the four ligaments that are located in a vertical line. And then if you move a little bit lower, you reach the orbit. And at the lateral orbital rim, there you have a thickening of the orbicularis retaining ligament, which is like a circular ligament around the anterior aspect of the orbit. And in the lateral aspect of the orbit, there you have another very strong ligament that is a part of the four vertical ligaments that's called the lateral orbital thickening. I know it's confusing, right? Why would a ligament be called thickening or adhesion if it's referred to as ligament? But hey, it wasn't me who named them. I'm just um, stating the previous knowledge that we have in the literature. So these are already two ligaments in a vertical line. The third ligament in a vertical line is the zygomatic ligament that we previously discussed, also referred to as McGregor's patch. And the last of the four ligaments located in a vertical line is called the mandibular ligament, And I think you can imagine it's located at the mandible. So this is the vertical line that we have in a face. And this line of ligaments is the cutaneous projection of the four ligaments. And I will repeat those four ligaments. Starting from the top, it's temporal ligamentous adhesion. Going more down, it's lateral orbital thickening. Going more downwards is the zygomatic ligament. And going further down, it's the mandibular ligament. So these four ligaments form the line of ligaments. And this line of ligaments is really crucial because it separates the face into a medial face and into a lateral face. This separation is crucial for the biomechanical aspect of the face because in lateral face, the fascial layers of the face are arranged in parallel, very similar like onions. And because the onions, they can glide, this is why we have facial sagging majorly located lateral to the line of ligaments. But when we move medially, medial to line of ligaments, there the facial layers are arranged obliquely, very similar and comparable to roof tiles. And this has something to do with the arrangement of muscles. And if you remember from one of the previous episodes, muscles originate from the bone and then connect to the skin. So that's an oblique pathway. And this is why the fascia layers are not parallel to the skin surface. They are obliquely arranged. And from these two type of arrangements of the fascias, lateral face, lateral to line of ligaments, we have parallel layers. Medial face, medial to line of ligaments, we have oblique layers. If we inject filler material into lateral face, the predominant effect is facial repositioning, also called facial lifting, because, you remember, these layers are parallel, and if they can glide downwards, they can also glide upwards with facial repositioning treatment and possibilities. On a medial aspect, if we inject filler material into these oblique layers, the resulting effect is volumizing, because just imagine you put a stone below a roof tile that elevates that respective roof tile, that increases the surface projection. And this is why it's important to understand that the line of ligaments and the ligaments that we have in the face are really crucial for the facial biomechanical aspects. And now one of the most controversial aspects when thinking about ligaments is um, do they age? The current accepted concept is that facial ligaments, they become more lax and more loose at higher age. This is the accepted theory, but to this point, there is no scientific evidence that this is truly the case. But I don't know why everybody's continuing and stating this, even on stages. Um, But ligaments do not become more loose at higher age. There's no evidence for this. Actually, the only evidence that we have so far is from a study that was performed in ligaments of the knee of the rabbit, and they have identified that ligaments at high age become more brittle. And in the face, there was nothing so far done, but because we know in the face, the facial soft tissues become more lax. Due to the effects of gravity, the facial soft tissues descend. They position themselves towards further caudally because of the effects of gravity, it was assumed that the facial soft tissues can do that because the ligaments do not provide enough support. So the ligaments become more lax, more loose, and this is why the soft tissues descend. However, if you truly look at the face, and especially look into the lower face, you'll always see the position of the mandibular ligament because the mandibular ligament holds the skin back in place whereas the soft tissues around the mandibular ligament they descend and they prolapse. This is why we have jaws. This is why we have a marionette line and this is why we have a pre-jawed sulcus because all of the tissues except those that are attached to the mandibular ligament they descend. So this is why actually there's a clear evidence that ligaments don't really become more loose and more lax at high age. But... I'm stating this in the absence of scientific evidence because there's also no study that shows the contrary that ligaments do not age and do not become more loose. So, at the moment, and for me as a researcher, this is really interesting because it leaves a lot of space for research for future projects. It just shows that we don't actually really know. All of the assumptions that we are making currently are purely speculations. And the fairest thing on the international stages or the national stages when, when speakers go on stage and say about something about ligaments to state, well, it is either my personal opinion or we currently don't know and future research needs to investigate more. I think that would be the fairest thing to do than to state that ligaments become more loose at a higher age. But in conjunct with all of the previous Knowledge that um, we heard throughout these episodes and even the previous season, um, it kind of shows that also bone changes. So because bone is highly active and the ligaments are connecting to the bone, it would actually make sense that the changes that we see can be attributed to the ligaments, but actually they're attributed to bone because bone is a highly active substance and tissue within the face that constantly undergoes processes of remodeling. But when it comes to ligaments, at the moment, we do not really know. But, and here comes a spoiler alarm, there is starting to raise and the awareness of evidence that something happens, especially with the ligaments of the face, and that the collagenous architecture in those ligaments changes. But this is current subject to research and um, i think next year there will be a couple of papers at least one that will provide a little bit more and greater insight into the aging of ligaments but now enough of talking pete what do you think about all of this i mean ligaments age in a face, or they do or what how do you feel that ligaments are in the face actually
1: i feel that more research should be done (laughs) Um, but the question I did have, uh, feeling silly and kind of mapping out the line of ligaments on my face, as you you described them with their landmarks. Uh, the one question I have is do the vertical line of ligaments actually form a lateral border transitioning the facial muscles to the skeletal muscles? Is that actually the, the line where they change? Or are there facial muscles beyond and outside of that line of ligaments?
0: Pete, that's a very, very smart observation because it is actually true. It's actually true. This line of ligaments poses a boundary between the area where we have um, facial muscles, to be precise, muscles of facial expression and lateral to this area. We have the muscles of mastication, like temporalis and masseter. Um, And this is why when you look at the biomechanical movements of medial line of ligaments versus the lateral line of ligaments, you will see that the active mobility is significantly increased medially because there are muscles of facial expression, whereas laterally, soft tissue descent and soft tissue passive mobility is increased because there is nothing that holds the skin in place and the soft tissues. And this is why passive mobility is increased in lateral face, whereas active mobility is increased in the medial aspect of the face. And there were a couple of studies that um, have shown this arrangement. But of course, if you think clearly about it, I mean, this line is not really truly forming such a ligament, such a boundary, because if you think about a risorius muscle, is located lateral to line of ligaments but it doesn't really do a lot except moving a little bit the modulus laterally and also the platysma itself the platysma is also covering the angle of the mandible which is very far in the lateral face and but the platysma is also considered as a facial muscle so it's kind of like exceptions kind of confirm the rule and especially in a face this holds true But I think now that we elaborated on facial ligaments and how they behave, where they're located and what happens during aging, I think it's time to conclude today's episode. And actually with this, we also conclude the season, season two, actually.
1: Yeah, it's been a fun few weeks of recording.
0: Yeah, that is true. Pete, thank you. Thank you very much for being with me for this episode and for the entire season. Um, I really appreciate you being here with me. And also, of course, I would like to thank the audience for staying with us during this episode. And um, we all looking forward to see you for season three. Actually, I don't know what the topic is going to be. But um, I'm sure we're going to come up with something very interesting. So in this, um, and
1: their uh, actual input has helped us improve and come up with topics so yeah if they have ideas
0: please let us know yeah that's true actually that's a good point guys if you have any ideas for season three please feel free to reach out to us and um then we will incorporate that in the design of the next season so with this i would like to thank you very much for being with me here pete and my dear audience thank you very much for staying with us to this episode see you soon